Welcome to the Autumn Miles Show with your host, Autumn Miles. Autumn Miles is an author, speaker, wife, and mother. She's the founder and CEO of Blush Network and the author of Appointed. Autumn's vision is to engage our culture with the bold truth of God, coupled with raw faith. Now, here's your host, Autumn Miles. Hey, this is Autumn with the Autumn Miles Show. Y'all, I've got such a treat for you. You're not even going to believe it. On today, Lisa Harper, she needs no introduction, I'm sure, with, you know, 98% of the Christian community for sure. But she is on the show. We're going to talk about her amazing new book um, and just just new labor of love for her uh, that that um, is, is going to reach a lot of families, homes, um, people's lives. We're going to talk about that in just a second. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, thank you for purchasing mm-hmm. I Am Rahab. I feel like, I mean, you, you ever have those moments where you sit back and you're like, God, I know you're this good, but are you really this good? Um, I feel like over the past couple of months, just all of the messages and everything that you've sent, our entire teams, not just the Automile show over here. There's there's a lot of people on the team that make our ministry happen. We have sat back and cried over your emails and your messages and how this book has re- uh, re- just resonated with you and just with our culture. So thank y'all so much for doing that. Um, we love you guys so much. I don't want to waste any more time on, um, you know, PSAs today. Um, I want to get directly into my guest. So Lisa, welcome to the that show today. That is not a waste of time, baby. <laughs> that is redemption. I was just sitting here getting all over he is that kind isn't he yeah i think we don't we do not marinate enough in the kindness of god so yeah. that wasn't a psa that was that was testimony <laughs> that's uh, the enemy the lizard is crying baby that yeah. lion lizard just got walked upside the head by that testimony yeah oh thank you lisa we all love you we all love your work we all love your heart um, I was just saying before we went on air, for those of you that didn't hear the conversation, um, Lisa uh, spoke at Elevation Church and I listened to the podcast in the summertime and I wept because it was so overwhelming. It was just a right now word for my husband and I and just the different things that we're going through. We can we we we, we resonate with you, Lisa, because we are adoptive Thank parents you. ourselves. Yeah, um, we have adopted two little ones, okay. and um, they 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 are like like I, I can't even put it into words how we feel about these little munchkins. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you are adoptive mother as as mm-hmm. well, and you have written a children's book um, that's called yeah. "Who's Your Daddy." Can you just take us through <laughs> your sort of your story with Missy? I mean, I follow along yeah. online, but for those of you that, that might not know. Yeah, I was, well, you're very gracious not to mention my age. I am old as dirt, um, 55, (laughs) and I was just, Autumn, you know, you and I have talked about this before. I am Rahab, too. I was just so, so, so broken in my 20s and 30s relationally that I was really drawn to abusive men. There's some molestation, some abuse in my past, and so kind of the normal romantic trajectory for me was to be drawn to abusive men, and God protected me from the guys I was drawn to in my 20s and 30s, and then the few good godly guys I dated, God protected them from me because I was hot mess <laughs> on the stick. And so those years that I kind of would have, could have, should have been married and had biological children, I squandered those years because I 
because there are places I just didn't accept the liberty of Jesus. I knew him as my Savior, but goodness gracious, I was still so trapped, especially when it came to romantic relationships. There was just a lot of toxicity there for me. Well, he has been so kind. He does complete what he starts, and I'm not saying I'm perfectly fixed, but the biggest roots of, of fear and abandonment in my heart he's pulled out. Well, then all of a sudden you realize, goodness gracious, I'm in my 40s, you know, I think my ovaries are raisins now. I <laughs> I have missed the window of motherhood. Mm. And and I don't for a second believe our God is capricious, but there are consequences to sin. And yeah. so during the age and stage of life when I could have had children, I didn't. And I, I so grieve that. But then our Redeemer, and you see it all through Rahab, Amen. our Redeemer just so beautifully restored to me the years I'd kind of served up to locusts on a silver platter and allowed me to be an adoptive mom. And I lost two babies and kind of had my heart ripped out in the process. I'm not so sure had I not had my heart filleted that I would have been brave enough to step into the process when a friend called me and said, okay, I just got home from Haiti. I was there, one of the young moms in the village I was visiting died of AIDS, and she left behind a two-and-a-half-year-old who has HIV and tuberculosis and cholera, and she's super sick, and uh, mm. doctors in Port-au-Prince have said she only has two months to live, and I thought about you, and she said, Lisa, I thought about you because you, I've heard you say you don't want a kid that everybody's standing in line for, and that's not because mm. I'm so gracious or so godly, it's because I'm single. Yeah. Mm. And I think best case scenario is every child has a mama and a daddy. Mm. And so I told the people I was working with in the adoption community, you know, I don't know if I'll marry. It would be great if I had a baby daddy. I don't know what God's will is for me in that regard. But if there's a kid who doesn't have much of a shot at a mom and a dad, um, then I would love to be considered in that in that case scenario. And with Missy, she was, they didn't think she'd live that long. And because she was so sick, there there wasn't anybody standing in line for her. And so I said, she asked if I would pray about it. And I said, no, <laughs> but I've been praying about this for 30 years. Yeah. Signed me up. <laughs> and six weeks later, I was in this tiny rural village in Haiti. And they put this very sick, beautiful, brown two-year-old in my arms. And she looked up at me like, who in the world are you, you giant pale woman? <laughs> and um, and after, you know, a couple of seconds of regarding me with suspicion, my little girl just reached up with surprising strength in light of how sick she was and grabbed my pinky finger and said, hello, Mama Blanc, which is hello, white mama in Creole. <laughs> And I was like, stick a fork in me. I am oh, totally. done. Yeah. yeah, it was unbelievable. That was six years ago. Missy's now nine years old, healthy as mm. a horse. Mm. Um, by the grace of God, her HIV is completely undetectable. She is, I mean, she's just pure joy. Mm. I look at my kid, and she's also a kid. So, mm-hmm. you know, she's strong-willed and tender-hearted. So I'm not saying I have an angel for a child. She's, <laughs> she's definitely spicy, and I don't think I'd like it any other way. But she's just tangible grace mm. to me. I look at her and I go, you know, it's Psalm 8411, no good mm. thing will he withhold mm. from even those of us who stumble on our walk of faith. He's such a kind God. So yeah. I am a mother purely by grace with this amazing kid. I love it. We, I, um, I think that was one of the things that um, I just started, my husband and I have been in the adoption. Um, I mean, the adoption process is grueling. 
I mean, it's yeah, so it it's so hard. And um, I always say it's like hiking uphill in the rain <laughs> on roller skates. It is. It yes, yes, yes. <laughs> now that we got that recorded, I'm going to use that. It is. <laughs> it is absolutely horrendous. We we yeah. were scammed in adoption, and then God gave us <sighs> by uh, by a mom who told us she was um, uh, pregnant with twin girls. And so we were expecting twins and found out she wasn't pregnant at all. But God restored our babies in two days. Two days he restored wow. our babies. Wow. They, are, they are not biologically related, but um, but they were born 10 weeks apart. And it's so interesting oh. that our adoption lady was like, do you want to do you want to pray about this? And my husband, and I didn't even speak. We said, no, <laughs> we have been praying. <laughs> We've been praying for yeah, 20 exactly. years about this. You know, exactly. So it is it is it's so amazing. Well, and prayer is a conversation. Some yeah. things you've been talking to God about for so long. You don't have to revisit the conversation because you've you've covered that ground. Right. Right. Yeah. We were like, we didn't even speak. My husband and I, we were in the car and I could like, we like, we like breathe, breathe talked. (laughs) He exhaled and I was like, yes, we'll take him. And then the next day, (laughs) yes, we'll take the next one. But adoption is, um, is so incredible and it's amazing. Um, but, but what you write about in this book to children is a very real reality of adoption. Um, the title of the children's book is, is who's your daddy. And tell me about the heart behind, um, this, this precious book. Well, it's, you know, Autumn, you're very gracious when you talk about me, but I'm not that smart. And so (laughs) when when my publisher said, we really want you to write a children's book, I was like, "Mm, I barely write adult books. I don't think I have the, you know, the gifts to write a children's book. And they said, well, if you could write one, what would it be? And I said, well, I only have one. I only have one idea. And it, it is basically a real conversation I had with Missy. And I, so I explained this conversation to him. It was, Missy was in kindergarten. I'd had her home for about a year and a half. And when I picked her up from school that day, she just, you know how you can just tell they're weary, you know, because she's usually just kind of energizer bunny of joy. And she walked out, and I could just tell she was wearing heaviness, you know. Mm. And so she got in the car, and I was like, baby, what's going on? And she said, George asked me who my daddy was today because Mm. Parents' Day was that week. And I guess the kids very innocently, you know, had Mm -hmm. been talking about whose daddies were coming and what their daddies did. And and this little boy in her class just said, who's your daddy? Mm. Not, you know, there's no intent behind it other than just curiosity. Like, Missy, who's your daddy? I've only seen your mommy at, at school. And um, I said, well, what did you say, say, honey? And she said, I told him I didn't have a daddy. Mm. And I mean, you may as well have just, you mm. know, poked a fork in my eye. You yeah. know, I was like, oh, goodness gracious. Mm. And I just immediately was like, baby, let's go to the park. And we went to this little park near her school and had a conversation about skin daddies. And that was just kind of the phrase that came to me. I said, baby, some daddies, you know, wear skin. George's daddy has skin. And start talking about skin daddies. And I said, so it's so cool if you have a skin daddy. But skin daddies sometimes go away. You know, I had a skin daddy, and I explained to her how my parents divorced. I explained divorce to her, and I said, so... Even if God blesses you with a skin daddy and you, some skin daddies are awesome and sometimes our skin daddies and our skin mommies don't stay. I said, but, you know, whether or not you have the gift of a skin daddy or you don't, you do have a daddy. And so I just talked to her in the appropriate terms of how our Heavenly Father is a, is, 
you know, he puts the lonely in families, and he's a father of the fatherless, and he never leaves us and never forsakes us. And it was so interesting, Autumn, because even as I was talking to Missy about, baby, you actually do have a daddy. Mm. You have a perfect daddy, and his name is God. There were some places where God just, I could tell, was bringing up old wounds in me because Mm. my parents divorced when I was a kid. I had a biological dad, and I had a stepdad. Um, Neither one of my fathers were very um, engaged dads. There was a lot of abandonment, and my my stepfather was was not a believer until eight weeks before he died and was, um, had a, a, there was some, some emotional abuse there. And so I realized, even as I was encouraging my child, who some would say was a literal orphan, I thought, I'm actually the one with the orphan spirit. Wow. There's places in my whole adult life where I have felt fatherless. Wow. And I thought, my goodness, even as I'm encouraging, you know, my six-year-old and telling her the truth about the perfect father of God, um, I'm actually preaching to myself. Wow. And so it's a children's book, but I think the the profundity of truths that are, when you put the cookies on a shelf this low, you go, oh my goodness, I'm preaching to my own heart here. Mm. Wow. Oh. And how many people out there need need to hear that and need that message? Yeah. Um, need that yeah. hope and need that encouragement. I love the term skin daddy um, because mm-hmm. even though, you know, some of us have actual skin daddies, uh, we still yeah. need uh, our father. Right. And and even those skin, right. skin daddies, um, like you were just saying before, you know, a lot of times there's abuse involved um, right. and things like that. I mean, this this is so relevant and um, yeah. and just meets such a need well, for even, right now. You know, even with the most perfect human fathers, and some of my friends have them, and the, the stability and the security and even their capacity to to quickly believe in the goodness of God because of that earthly template of having a good skin daddy. Uh, that's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. But I don't care how great a human right. father is and how yielded his heart is to the Lord. They are not God. Yeah. So there will be places simply because of their humanity where they can't meet their child's needs or their adult child's needs or their adult daughter's needs because they're human. Mm. And so I think sometimes we, we almost put too much of our emotional needs on the shoulders of humanity, That's right. and they can't carry that. Right. There's a place where regardless of, of your fatherhood, and of course my hope is that everybody has a present skin daddy, but for those of us who haven't experienced it and are so desperate to understand the perfect fatherhood of God, I go, that's not just for those of us who haven't had skin daddies. That is for all of us, because all of us in some way or another have been missed or marginalized and at some level emotionally have felt orphaned. Mm-hmm. You know, it's Paul's whole point when he says right. Jesus went outside the camp so that you wouldn't have to. Mm-hmm. He knows, as men and women, some of us feel, you know, we just don't feel like we're right there at the family table. Mm-hmm. And so, again, every single thing I, I share with my kid, it's like God's going, remember this, remember mm-hmm. this, remember this. Um, may not be in the context of my seminary classes with multi-theologic <laughs> terms, multi-syllabic theological terms, but it's it's truth. We have a dad who thinks we're the bomb, and he's never going to leave us. Yeah, with no expectation 
of, you know, perform this for me or be this for me or win this award or, you know, whatever it is. He is pleasable. I love that about God. You can sometimes you can't please even your own earthly dad, but you can always please the Lord. Exactly. And you know how it is with your kids over and over again, like Missy, one of the first things I enrolled her in when I brought her home from Haiti was this hip hop class. (laughs) Because, you know, and this is on my own. This is like prejudice. But I'm like, hey. I've got this Haitian amazing kid. She's got incredible rhythm. Like, we're going to kill it in hip-hop. <laughs> well, so I go in, and they're real. They're all serious. You know, the instructors, they won't even let you see class. Like, the first couple of weeks, they put the construction paper over the window at the door in the YMCA. When we get to, I think it's the third or fourth week, when they let parents in the class, and I'm all kind of, you know, walking in kind of cocky thinking, <laughs> my kid, my kid is going to be so much better than your children. Um, and we walk in, and Autumn Missy's like, Terrible. Oh, <laughs> the worst hip hopper ever because she's not doing the basics. She just wants to do her own creative routine. Yeah. And we're, and you know, all the other kids are real serious. They're doing the exact stuff. Well, the whole, and we're supposed to just be in there, but not distract the kids. The entire time Missy is doing the wrong dance, she keeps <laughs> turning and looking at me, grinning just from ear to ear and doing the thumbs up. Mm. And I'm, grinning from ear to ear, doing the thumbs up back. And I thought, hilarious. My kid <laughs> is convinced she's the best dancer in the class. Oh, I love it. She's just, she's just dancing for me. And I think she hung the moon. Mm. And I thought, isn't that the gospel? Yeah. And even on days when Come we on. are absolutely out of rhythm or, you know, our cartwheels, we don't even turn it all the way around. We've got this heavenly father who he is just grinning from ear to ear going, that's my kid. That's my kid. Mm-hmm. You know, he is absolutely besotted with us. And it's not just on our good days. Isn't that that verse in uh, Zechariah that says he, uh, the Lord shouts over you with shouts of joy. Yes. I yes. am obsessed yes. with that. Every time I have like a bad day and I don't feel accepted uh, and everybody hates me, I'm like, but you know what? Yeah. My father in heaven is shouting yeah. over me with shouts yeah. of joy. And yeah. you're right. I actually, in one of my classes, did a study of the Hebrew of that verse, oh. the original text. And it's not just a like, he's singing like a, a hymn that's kind of sedate over us. <laughs> the word there denotes an exuberance that mm. really doesn't fit religious protocol. I love it. So it's like, you know, basically, you know, the parent that's cheering for the child at the tennis courts, and you're just supposed to clap politely. And you've got the one parent who's hollering, who kind of could care less about protocol. They just can't not cheer with abandon for their kids. That's, that's really what that verse denotes. He's just like, oh. I am going all out because that's my kid. Yeah. And that's that's the gospel. And mm-hmm. that's, you know, that's basically the heart of this little book. And that is exactly why we need this book. Um, I think I think we've gotten away from that. We've gotten away yeah. from understanding who we actually are and um, who God is for us and to us. And um, we, you know, I know it's so crazy. I'm doing these, these children's books on my show and I, I, all I can think of is this is not for children. This is for everyone. I mean, I know you, you, you specifically wrote this book for children, but how much is that going to minister? Just like you were saying earlier to that mom whose dad abandoned them and needs to yeah. be reminded as they're reading to their children who God truly is to them. We we have got to fall in love with our Father in heaven right. again in right. this in this Christian culture. Right. And I know a lot of warriors are 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 trying to make that happen and are sharing the gospel yeah. like crazy, like you. 
Lisa, um, I, 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 we have just a couple minutes left and, um, Mm -hmm. I was going to ask you a couple other things, but I, I feel, I feel led in a different direction. I feel like there's some women, men listening to the show, um, that didn't have a father. Their father may have been abusive. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, something like that, that, I mean, I would love for you just to take a minute to encourage that person yeah. that's listening that yeah. is like, yeah, that's me. Yeah. yeah. I need this book, you know, and I'm, and I'm 50, yeah. 56 years old. I need this book. Yeah. Will you speak to them? Lisa? Uh, yes, I would love to. Thank you. A, a friend of mine, actually, the first time she, we talked through this book, she just tears started streaming down her face. And what I didn't know was she was just on the tail end of an incredibly acrimonious divorce and was crushed by the abandonment, but also for her teenage children Mm. who were losing their father. And she said, I wish I had this six months ago Mm. because I needed to not just remind my kids, but remind me of this, even though it's a children's book, it's, it's where our family is Mm. right now. And so I think for so many of us, the wounds of a father, the wounds of the one who was supposed to stay no matter mm. what, who was supposed to love you no, no matter what, that is a, that's a really, really deep wound. Mm. And it wasn't until the Lord, I responded to the Lord in my late 40s, mid-40s, He said, Lisa, I'm going to take you to the basement mm. that you have been afraid of your whole life, and I'm going to sit there with you in the dark until fear doesn't own you anymore. Mm. Because I could give you, you know, Greek and Hebrew words about God, that I'd memorized in seminary, but there was this corner of my heart that I, I was always a little bit afraid that if I got too naughty or my face waned, I was always a little bit afraid that God would either abandon me, he wouldn't be enough, or he would regret the fact that he had given me a seat at the family table. Wow. And to, to the healing in me has come where I've realized our Heavenly Father is not just a good version of an earthly dad. He's perfect. Mm. And so I, I've, had to, I've had to go to some of my grief, some of those dark places, to actually have the lid taken off my life and experience the absolute joy and the security that He's not going anywhere. Mm. He is my dad, and He's perfect. And so I'd say for those people, if there's any place in you where you feel less than or you kind of assume the people that you want to love you are going to walk, um, I just say lean into the fatherhood of God mm-hmm. and and don't wriggle out of his embrace too quickly. Um, I, I would say just lean into him and ask him to give you the grace to believe in his immutable, perfect fatherhood. He's unchanging affection for you as a perfect dad. Mm. Amen. Wow. That was beautiful. I, um, Lisa, thank you so much for being on the show today. Mm. I think, um, your heart, just even hearing your heart behind the book, uh, you know, just makes me more passionate that everyone needs it. <laughs> um, mm. thank, thank you so you, much Autumn. for sharing your story and for writing this. I mean, this is a bold book to write and, but it's one that needs to be written. It's one that our children um, need to read. It needs to be read to our children, um, you know, so we can cultivate uh, uh, just the I, the idea and the truth that God is there. He is our Father. Thank you so much for being on our show. Thank you guys oh, out you're there. You're so welcome. 
Thank you. Thank you guys out there for listening. The name of the book is called Who's Your Daddy? And um, it is a children's book. You know, I know in my case, we will we we will definitely be getting this book, um, you know, for all of our children, not just for our adopted ones, for all, all four of yeah. our children. Um, and we, we will be reading it to them as well. It's a beautiful way, an easy way for you to bring up this topic of God as father. You know, you don't, you don't have to have a master's in theology or your doctorate or whatever to, to talk to them about the, the simple truths. So I encourage you to go pick this up. I always forget, um, Autumn, there's a a page that Lifeway is so great to do. It's a parent connection page. Oh, they actually, at the end of the book, there's this very user-friendly devotional that gives you all the tools you need. It gives you questions, these interactive questions to help your kids actually really get this in a way that, um, that they understand. So I didn't write that, but, uh, one of the great children's editors here wrote that. So it's especially good and pertinent, um, just a, a very engaging, compelling way for, for parents to help their kids get this, for us to be reminded of it, mm-hmm. but also to really help it sink into the heart of your kids. That's amazing. Starting them almost in like Bible study really, really exactly. early. That's amazing. Exactly. That's amazing. Exactly. Well, um, go pick up the book. You can follow along with Lisa on her uh, website, lisaharper.net, also Twitter and Instagram, Lisa D. Harper. Go follow along. Um, thank you mm-hmm. once again, Lisa. I really appreciate thank your time. Thank you, Autumn. I love, I, like, I wish I could hug you through the phone. Oh, you are I just, love you. Just epitomize joy and authenticity. I love hearing you. <laughs> well, God bless you, and thank you for listening. We will see you right back here tomorrow on The Autumn Mile Show. Thanks so much for listening today. The Autumn Miles Show is listener-supported, and your donation to keep her on the air is appreciated. To make a donation, visit autumnmiles.com. And if you make a donation of $100 or more, you'll receive an autographed copy of Autumn Miles' book, Appointed. Your future starts now. Thanks for listening, and join us next time for The Autumn Miles Show on The Word 100.7 FM.